What's happening, everybody? On today's show, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey sounding off on future expansion, conference realignment, and changes to the college football playoff. Also, news around the conference, including injuries at Georgia, rolling trees at Auburn, the TV O'Brien watch list, and more. And we'll visit with Lindy Davis of Lindy Sports to preview the upcoming season. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Uh, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner. You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. FanDuel.com slash Locked On. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team Every day. All right, before we jump into going around the conference, I want to jump into a little bit of news where Greg Sankey was on with Paul Feinbaum yesterday and hitting on a number of topics, including the SEC and taking part in more conference realignment additions. The SEC commissioner, like I said, on with Paul Feinbaum on Tuesday, hitting on a number of topics and Obviously, there's been a ton of movement around college football in the past week. Greg Sankey insists the SEC is in an enormously healthy place, and they are not in the middle of the current movement efforts. The SEC, of course, going to 16 teams next year in 2024. Uh, the 14 current SEC programs, of course, will welcome in Texas and Oklahoma, but there have been rumors abound with the Big 12 and Big 10 expanding and the Pac-12 falling apart that the SEC could look to expand even further. Florida State was one who recently talked about uh, their displeasure with the ACC and their current revenue share. Some people speculating Florida State would make a lot of sense. They're right in the SEC footprint. But, again, all that's kind of rumor and uh, people just guessing. But uh, Greg Sankey putting it out there. Look, we're strong. 16 makes a lot of sense. Uh, Sankey also took a shot at the Big 12 and Big 10. He said the SEC does not have to span four time zones to generate interest on the West Coast or anywhere else. Sankey continues to say that geography has to make sense whenever it comes to the topic of expansion. All 16 SEC programs still within a similar region. And Sankey simply stating the SEC is a big enough brand that Look, folks in L.A., they'll tune into LSU-Bama. They'll tune into Florida-Georgia. And you got big brands already. Uh, SEC is not relying on having to add those big, big brands. Uh, Sankey was also asked about the college football playoff and if the leaders have met uh, to discuss the future of that. He said they have not met yet, but uh, reexamining the expanded playoff format is certainly something that's on the table and Sankey said it's wise for us to maybe take a step back and reconsider what the format might look like given all these changing circumstances with all the conferences so we've got USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten now with Oregon and Washington uh, BYU Cincinnati Houston and UCF are joining the Big 12 this year and the Big 12 will go even further in 2024 with Arizona Arizona State Utah and Colorado coming over 
So with all that movement, to me, it makes sense that the entire college football playoff format is going to need to be adjusted. And to be frank, the automatic bid the Pac-12 gets in the playoff, as currently proposed, that ain't happening anymore. You know, that was the whole thing with going to a 12-team playoff. A team from each of the Power Five gets an automatic bid. You win your conference, you're in. Well, Pac-12 ain't so much of a conference anymore, so their automatic bid going to go by the wayside. And I think Sankey's also alluding to, look, I mean, if we're going to 16 teams, this whole thing about each conference, oh, well, the conference champ gets in, and then we just go at large. Well, I mean, maybe you change this thing up and say the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 each guaranteed two teams in, and then we kind of figure out the rest. I don't know. But I'm sure everything is on the table, including that idea. But uh, I do know this, the the Pac-12, which is now the Pac-4 currently, um, they're not going to just let <laughs> the winner of those four teams in. That is going to change. Um, one other college football note here, if you missed it yesterday, the Davey O'Brien Award released their 2003 preseason watch list. Awards given annually to the nation's best college quarterback, Caleb Williams, who won the Heisman last year. He is back on the watch list, and a number of semifinalists from last year are back on this watch list, including a couple guys from the SEC. From the 35 players that made the watch list, the SEC tied for most players from a single conference with five. They are Jaden Daniels from LSU, K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas, Joe Milton III from Tennessee, Devin Leary from Kentucky, and Will Rogers from Mississippi State. Now, if you're keeping up with the list, last year Jaden Daniels and Will Rogers were both uh, on that list a year ago. But the most recent winner of the award was TCU's Max Duggan took home the Davey O'Brien Award. Last year, the SEC did go on a three-year stretch of winning the award from 2019 to 2021, where it was Joe Burrow from LSU, Mac Jones from Alabama, and Bryce Young from Alabama. We'll see if the SEC can get back in the good graces of winning the Davey O'Brien Award this year. But you got to think, I mean, I'm actually a little bit surprised Carson Beck from Georgia not making this list. But uh, Jaden Daniels has a good chance of LSU, you know, goes 10-2 uh, and two or better. Same thing with Joe Milton at Tennessee. Devin Leary, I think, is very interesting at Kentucky uh, just to see what they do, you know, if they get to 10 wins in a New Year's uh, six Bowl. Will Rogers and K.J. Jefferson are tough because, you know, let's say – uh, what's the ceiling for Mississippi State and Arkansas this year? Is it nine wins, maybe? Uh, I guess it all depends what it looks like, but would put them as more of the longer shots. I just think the other guys, Daniels, Milton, and, and uh, Leary, have a little bit better chance, but I'd also throw Carson Beck into that list. Um, not sure why they didn't put him on the watch list, but there you have it. That is uh, the latest going on there with uh, comments from Greg Sankey and – the uh, Davey O'Brien Award Watchlist. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen to every day. Coming up next, we will run through some notes going on around the conference, including rolling the trees at Auburn. It's back on again. That's coming your way in just a sec right here on Locked On SEC. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Look, Bird Dogs, they are doing their job, making you look good with their stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you that truly sculpted look throughout these summer months. Uh, Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. 
Uh, they fit better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fixing that issue. They got that cloud knit fabric that looks looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get the waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And of course, they use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. Look, we're all sweating right now. It's 100 degrees across the south. Uh, Bird Dogs is taking care of you. So go check them out. Go to birddogs.com slash college. Use our promo code uh, locked on college, you will get a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. Use our promo code locked on college. You will get that free white tech hat. You don't want to take your, or you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Go check them out. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC, and we got a lot to jump into. We got some notes from uh, fall camp going on and all that, so let's do it. Let's dive right back into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. We start over at Auburn as the Auburn Oaks at Toomer's Corner are ready to roll, literally. The school announced on Tuesday. After several years of delays, the uh, previous oak trees, of course, were po- poisoned and removed from Tumor's Corner. Auburn replanted two new trees six years ago, and they requested fans refrain from rolling the trees while they get established. But now the trees are ready to roll. Auburn announcing Tuesday uh, that they've determined the oaks are established enough for the tradition to return. Uh, Auburn President Christopher Roberts saying, the rolling of Tumor's Corner, one of the nation's top sports traditions. Our fans have come together for decades at the corner of Magnolia and College to celebrate big wins. In recent years, we continued our cherished tradition by rolling different trees. But we're very excited the Auburn family will once again be able to roll our most prominent trees. Of course, the original Auburn oaks were planted somewhere back in the 1930s and were poisoned in 2010 by the infamous Harvey Updike, who called in the Paul Feinbaum show to let him know all I poison those trees. Uh, replacements were planted in 2015, but one was lit on fire after rolling was allowed in the fall of 2016. Both trees were damaged and removed, and the current Auburn Oaks were planted in 2017, of February, February 2017. So, going to be fun to have that tradition back, and now it's on Hugh Freeze. Go win some games, and Auburn fans can get their toilet paper ready. In recruiting news, Alabama going in and stealing one right from Georgia. Peyton Woodyard, who was previously committed to Georgia, announced uh, his commitment to the Bulldogs about seven months ago. On Tuesday, he flipped to the Crimson Tide, announcing on social media uh, he had had a finalist list that included Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oregon, USC. Coming out of California, listed at six foot two, one hundred and eighty-eight pounds, he is a four-star prospect, the number nine player from the state of California, the number six safety in the twenty twenty-four recruiting class, and he becomes the sixteenth commitment for the class of twenty twenty-four for Alabama. Their class was ranked uh, number ten in the nation on the composite before their flip, so a big get there for Nick Saban and company. And speaking of Georgia, they are uh, going through their fall camp and dealing with some injuries. Kendall Milton, senior running back, been struggling with injuries. He was at Tuesday's practice, but running on the side, according to reports, with a few other injured players. That included starting corner Kamari Lassiter, who's dealing with an unknown injury. But 
was healthy enough to run, along with inside linebacker Small Munden and receiver Rara Thomas. Milton dealing with a hamstring injury yet again, not regarded as serious, according to Seth Emerson, but the staff is treating things cautiously considering his history with the hamstring. Good news for Georgia. Branson Robinson uh, was out with a who's been out with a foot injury since practice. He was able to rejoin the running backs for at least a portion of Tuesday's drills. So, um, look, they got a deep running back room. I think they'll be okay. But Kendall Milton's so good, you want to have him in there healthy and ready to go. One other Georgia note, uh, Brock Bowers, obviously, uh, just been a stud the last couple of years, expecting another monster year at Georgia. And uh, their tight ends coach, Todd Hartley, speaking with the media this week, was asked about Brock Bowers, said, look, he's got extreme talent, but what makes him special is his competitiveness. Ultimate competitor. Last season was just shy of 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns after a freshman year that saw him with almost 900 yards and 13 touchdowns. But uh, Darnell Washington has been has moved on to the NFL, and now it's all Brock Bowers. Uh, Charlie Warner, Trey McKitty, John Fitzpatrick, they were all drafted in previous years. Uh, Brock Bowers figures to be the fifth straight Bulldog to be drafted after this season and could be the highest drafted tight end ever. We will see. Uh, Kyle Pitts, of course, was that a couple years ago out of Florida. Uh, one other note coming out of Georgia, their recruiting staffer, Tory Bowles, one of the survivors of that tragic crash back in January that took the lives of Devin Willock and Chandler LaCroix. Uh, Bowles was fired by the university last Friday. Uh, her firing comes less than a month after she filed a lawsuit against the school, partially blaming the Athletic Association for negligence in entrusting the vehicle to LaCroix to drive. According to Bowles' law firm, the uh, university fired her knowing that she is unable to work due to significant and permanent injuries. Uh, her lawyers claim Georgia tried to control information regarding the crash, which was uh, located on Bowles' cell phone while she was at the hospital. It was claimed that Georgia representatives informed her family she needed to get a new cell phone and return the old one to Georgia. So, interesting situation there. Statement from the Georgia Athletic Association claims Bowles was fired after refusing to cooperate with the crash investigation. So, probably not the last you've heard of that story, but... Uh, very sticky situation there. Over at Kentucky, former Kentucky football coach Rich Brooks, big supporter of Mark Stoops, saying uh, this week on Kentucky Sports Radio, for what Mark Stoops has done there, they ought to build him a statue. It is pretty impressive. And uh, it was interesting reading social media. A lot of Kentucky fans agree. They say, uh, why not build a statue for Mark Stoops? No, he hadn't won a title here yet, but goodness, what he has done uh, with that Kentucky football program in recent years, turning them around, bringing them back to relevance. Been pretty awesome. He's be, uh, became the program's all-time winning as coach this past year. Was named SEC Coach of the Year in 2018. First one since the 1980s. And uh, he's led Kentucky to seven consecutive bowl trips. Uh, had a pair of 10-win seasons in there, four straight bowl victories. And pretty fantastic uh, run he has had there. Uh, one more note here. Uh, Danny Connell. Always loves to troll the SEC and friend of the show. We've had him on many times. Love talking uh, in season with Danny, picking some games and betting lines and all that. But he was not thrilled with one of the rankings in the coaches poll this week. And that was LSU. Uh, LSU coming in at number five in the preseason rankings. Florida State coming in at number eight in the coaches poll. Danny Cannell saying this week, let me just lay something out here. Of course, they play week one. 
we'll get to see this unfold. And this is where if LSU beats Florida State, LSU fans will have a field day. But he says they played each other last year. How did that go? Who won the game? Florida State. So they played each other. And Florida State won. They both had three losses. Of course, we just mentioned one of them. Florida State lost three games to top 25 opponents, all within reason. None of them were blowouts. They were all competitive in the fourth quarter. LSU lost to five at 7 A&M last year. So, look, I think Canelo's just being over the top here. Like he mentioned, they're going to play each other week one. Who cares if LSU's ranked ahead ahead of Florida State? Then go beat them. If you think you should be ranked ahead of them, go beat them. So, there you have it. Danny Cannell being uh, obtuse, I think is a fair word to say, as he typically is. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to sit down with Lindy Davis of Lindy Sports, talk a little bit about those college football preview mags that are all in the newsstands. They've been doing it a long time. And we'll also uh, preview a little bit of the football coming up here in the 2023 SEC football season with him. That's coming your way in just a second. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And I want to remind you guys this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. You just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you will get bonus bets for every victory they have. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. Just go visit them at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, and you can start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, just go pick any team that you think will win the Super Bowl, and you will get bonus bets every time they win throughout the season. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Always a pleasure to sit down here at SEC Media Days with a guy who has been doing this thing a long time. He is Lindy Davis. Of course, you uh, need no introduction when you talk the Lindy Sports Magazine. I have mine. I paid for it, bought it, got it in no time. Um, look, in this day and age of digital and all this, Lindy, like the paper copy still matters to me. Well, we're glad it still matters to a lot of people, Chris. <laughs> uh, or we wouldn't really be here. We're very fortunate. This is our 42nd year, believe it or not. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people still love print. They want to hold it, the magazine. I, I saw a friend today. He said, I took you to the beach. You know, I had sand all over my magazine. I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. Hard to take your computer out on the beach. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've heard people tell me over the years, Chris, well, it's all on the Internet. And I say, well, it may or may not be. But even if it is, you don't value your time very much. The yep. time you'd have to spend to go get it. <laughs> and we're going to give it to you in one nice package. Yeah. No, it's it's great. And, uh, and by the way, I could save the battery life on my phone by looking at the hard copy. But I got to think at least the evolution of college football these last couple of years, the hardest thing I'm sure that you guys have faced is the transfer portal because you got a, a publication date, you got to get this thing to newsstands, and sometimes yeah. their quarterbacks and stuff are still yeah. moving around. No question about it. The only thing I can say is basketball is worse. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Basketball is a nightmare. We had, I think we, my editor, Sean O'Neill, said I think there were 1,500 people in the portal last year in basketball, so it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> It is a nightmare, but, but football is manageable. But the, the truth of the matter is this. Uh, we have a press day. And it, it, it's like it was 41 years ago. we got to go to press. Yeah. And occasionally something's going to happen after that. Now, more things happen now, for sure, with the portal. But it is what it is. You know, we do the best we can. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's not a perfect perfect magazine because you're going to have issues. We, we've always had issues. Just have more now. 
Yeah. Well, we have a date, and we do the best we can, and we hopefully we're accurate at the time we go to press. That's that's all we can do, really. We uh, were talking with our buddy Lynn Scarborough earlier, who's been working for Lindy's for so long, and told us that with this is going into what 42nd year, 1982 is when you first uh, when you first started this thing. It's but, crazy. Bear, it's been that long. Bear Bryant was in his last year at Alabama. Pat, wow. Pat and I was in his second year at Auburn. <laughs> I've got that cover framed at my office and at my house. Wow. Uh, so. Yeah, my nephew Tyler, he still goes. He goes on uh, Amazon, different places, and, and buys. He, he bought like four of those first issues, different <laughs> covers. We, we did different covers the first year. Wow, five eighty-two. So he's got. Yeah, he's been about four of them. But anyway, yeah, we really have the same format we did back then. We've got local experts, you know, at every school. Yeah, you know, we've got beat writers usually. They used to work for the paper, maybe not now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they may or may not work for the paper anymore. <laughs> But we've got local beat writers for every school. We do the same thing pro football. We've got 32 writers in the NFL for our NFL book. Yeah. And we really, we truthfully, follow the same format we did when we started. We've been fortunate that way. Uh, Dave Mormon writes our LSU story. This is his 42nd year to write. Wow. <laughs> so we've got some guys that have been with us for a long time, and uh, we're very fortunate. Well, they enjoy writing. It's really extra money off of them. They're there. It's not something they do already. So yeah. it worked out well for everyone. Let's, let's talk a little football here. Um, quick thought. I, I mean, this is a little oddity. You know, Alabama coming off of a, a two-loss season. Saban doesn't have too many of those. But he loses his, you know, former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and Bryce Young goes number one in the draft, loses Will Anderson, the stud pass rusher. I can't remember a time in recent years, Lindy, that, like, we got question marks. We don't even know who Alabama's starting quarterback is. Yeah, I, th- I think really – Questions are that Alabama didn't just didn't look like Alabama last year. They really didn't. I mean, in a way, they didn't the year before. Even though they played for the national championship right. and almost won it, the team hasn't had the same. They hadn't dominated the line of scrimmage the last two years. Hadn't run the ball like they traditionally have. They've thrown it well all over the lot, but maybe weren't as physical. Maybe couldn't make a yard when they needed it sometimes. So, uh, I think the. I think the deal is, that, you know, the Georgia is where Alabama used to be, and Georgia gets the benefit of the doubt now. And Alabama. Yeah. They underachieved last it's been year. Roll, roll reversal there. Alabama underachieved last year. I think Nick Saban would be the first to tell you that. They were unanimous preseason number one. Didn't have any big injuries. Had a lot of turnovers. They just didn't look didn't look like Alabama last year. That's the truth of the matter. They lost. We know they lost two games they could have won, but they won two or three they could have lost. Yeah. You know? So it just didn't look like the traditional Nick Saban team. So they're not getting the benefit of the doubt this year, and rightly so because they didn't do it last year. What do you make of Georgia? I mean, it looks like Kirby's got this machine rolling downhill, and they are uh, they are knocking out everybody in front of them. Well, he's recruiting at you know same level Nick Saban's been recruiting at, so he's got a roster that's like Alabama's has been when they were dominating. He, he learned well under Saban; he can coach him up. Um, and on top of all that, their schedule sets up beautifully this year. If you looked at it, you know it looks like they're the less Auburn. Beats them in Auburn, which they'll be a big underdog. They're ten and zero before they go to Knoxville. I mean, yeah. the schedule sets up beautifully for them this year. However, I will say this: I believe there's twelve. We've got a story in our magazine, as you know. I think there's twelve teams that have been in this position before. Nobody has ever done it. Yeah, I really believe there's a reason for that. I believe the pressure really builds. I really believe Alabama had won in eleven and twelve and went down to Auburn. And, and of course, all everybody knows the, pick, the, the kick six. Yeah, one of the most famous plays in college football history. But Alabama didn't play like Alabama that game. They, looked, they played tight. They were nerve. They just didn't look like Alabama that game. It had three or four chances to win the game before it ever got to that point. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't capitalize. I don't know. They, they played tight. I really believe it was the pressure 
of the three bit. And I think that, you know, we'll see if that comes into play, but I do think there's something there. There's, there's, I think there's a reason that 12 teams haven't done it so far. I really do. What do you think of um, Hugh Freeze getting a second chance here and um, finding a home at Auburn? I think it's a great hire for Auburn. Hugh Freeze can coach. I don't think anybody's ever questioned that. He had other issues, as we all know. But he's proven that Ole Miss proved at Liberty. He can coach him up. He's a good recruiter. I think it's a good hire for Auburn. I expect him to do well. However, Auburn, year in, year out, plays it. Things are going to change next year, but they play Georgia and Alabama every year. And they're in the SEC West. So it's a brutal schedule for Auburn, any way you look at it. So probably a year away, but I expect him to be much better. I expect him to be very competitive. I do. What do you make of Brian Kelly? A year ago, he was kind of the, the joke. Everybody was, oh, look, he mispronounced family. He's trying to have a country accent, all this. He beats Alabama, wins the SEC West in year one. I didn't hear many jokes this year about Brian Kelly. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but Brian Kelly's outstanding football coach. He's proven yeah. that his whole career. He's won big everywhere he's won. I told people I thought he would win. He's twice as good as the last two coaches that have been in LSU. <laughs> twice as good. And they won national championships. Yep. I mean, let's get real. He's yeah. an excellent coach. He's done it everywhere. He's one of the top six, seven coaches in America. So I was was I surprised he had a good year? Well, a little bit, you know, but not totally. The way the transport pole and everything, LSU's not like they hadn't recruited well. Now they, anyway, he's, a, he's actually a coach in LSU. I've always thought LSU, before Nick Saban got there, was the most underperforming team overall in America. Why yeah. do I say that? Play great football in Louisiana. They're competing in-state against Tulane. And they're next door to Texas. I mean, what... What, what better situations can you be in from a recruiting base? Yeah, well, talent can, rich, you know, with just, all the, the Mannings and everybody, all this talent out of the state of Louisiana. And it seemed, it seemed like for the longest they couldn't keep it. And then Jerry Donato kind of did it with uh, Kevin Falk, and then right. Nick Saban, of course, took over and just created a monster. Incredible, incredible talent. A lot of the kids in Texas want to play in the SEC, you know. And, and so it was a great situation. But uh, when Nick Saban got there, he raised the standard, and they've been there ever since. Really. Last thing for you. Um, you know, look, some of the people have been around. You've been around a while. You've seen a lot. What do you make of this uh, conference expansion? Texas and Oklahoma, they're coming in next year. It's going to well, be a very different world. Well, a, a, a brutal league just got more brutal. That's yeah. all you can say. I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be exciting. Uh, I personally hope it doesn't expand anymore. I really hope that with all my heart. Yeah. You don't play the what's team. What's the point of calling it a conference exactly. if you're going to have? <laughs> I was hugely disappointed that they're going to play eight conference games next year. I, I, to me, it's a no-brainer. They got to go to nine. Go to nine, yeah. They got to go to nine. They got to go to nine. It was interesting. Nick Saban was for nine forever, forever, until they showed the schedule. He had the three teams he'd play every year. <laughs> he went back to eight. He's going to play Tennessee, Auburn, and uh, LSU every year. Yeah. But anyway, they got to go to nine. You, 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 before they come in Texas and Oklahoma, you're not playing other teams enough. Yeah. You know? and so Georgia still hasn't been to Kyle Field. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got you to change. you got to go to nine. I was hugely disappointed to do it next year. I think it will eventually get done, but I don't, there's some politics obviously involved. But you got to go to nine. You've got to go to nine with 14 or 16 teams. Yeah. He is Lindy Davis, of course, uh, Lindy Sports. Uh, I always do. I get the college football one, covering all the college football, but I always have to get the SEC one specific. So uh, always get that. I know that you got them out still in the newsstands, on the website and all that. And, uh, man, continued great success for Lindy Sports. We love uh, our weekly visits with uh, Lynn Scarborough throughout the season. And uh, you guys keep rocking and rolling, all right? 
We appreciate you working with us and the radio, everything you do for us. It's a pleasure to be on. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Thanks so much to uh, Lindy Davis for joining us. Of course, uh, Lindy Sports, love those preview magazines. Uh, always get them every uh, every year. I got mine here right now, so go check them out. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers coming back and checking us out every day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC.